0: Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to the WCBC podcast. My name's Hunter. I'm Derek. And here's Derek. Some people probably listen to this and they're like, who the heck's Derek? Or maybe they do know you. Maybe they go to this church. Um so briefly, um, say hey, Derek. Hey. Okay, there you go. He's short, I like it. Um let me explain. Um, so Alan is well, Derek probably cool thing is is I told Alan, hey, um, Let me explain Alan's situation first. So Alan's mother, as he's mentioned, has not been doing good um, to a scary point. But she's doing better. Um, So, you know, if you've been praying for Alan's mom, thank you. That's awesome. He would thank you. um, But ultimately, thank God. Um, So she is able to get out today. Um, So they've built her a ramp at her house. The church did. And so she wanted to go see that today. But also they got to take her to the mountains and get her out Uh, the hospital and you know that environment um so praise God for that and so Alan is out and Alan if you're listening to this we love you we're going to keep praying for your mama and uh keep praying for you and the family um and we thank we thank God for that and so um I I remembered that yesterday and I was texting Alan's like hey you know don't know if you're coming or not but I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hold of Derek um so for those of you who don't know this is Derek actually Um, Derek actually has been at Watson's for, that
1: was about eight or nine.
0: Yeah. He's been here for a long time, but you've only been saved for how long?
1: About Four years.
0: Four years. So Derek's going to talk more about his testimony here in a minute. Um, but just a powerful testimony of, you know, a man that was lost in his sin, but also addicted to pornography and God did a work and saved Derek. And he'll talk more about that. I don't want to jump ahead. Um, but, uh, he's here, uh, and Derek currently serves him and his wife, Tashina, uh, as the youth directors, and they have f- five. five kids of their own, that's what I was going to say, um, but also, they have some that are in the family, just, you know, um, I wouldn't call it adoption, but it no, is, adopt, it adopted, is, me. okay, that's what I thought, yeah. that's what I thought. I didn't know if it's that he was living with you, if you adopted, but I know that not only, uh, him, but they've helped other kids that are in need of homes. And um, Derek and Tashina serve here as youth directors. Um, and they've been doing that since what, last fall?
1: Yeah, it was last August or September.
0: Yeah, so it's not been super long, but um, God just made it completely obvious that it was them. And He knew that. We knew that as a leadership. And God has done amazing things in our youth department. Not because Derek's cool or something, but just because God is sovereign right. and Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And so we appreciate Derek taking time out to come join. Um, he is going to start coming in. He don't know this. We're going to get him in here, here and there, um, because Derek is studying as much as he can right now because he teaches every week. Uh, but also his personal studies, and he's very knowledgeable about Scripture and um, we're, we're excited that Derek will be. We've been telling them for a while we're going to have some new people on here. Oh, yeah. Um, so Derek's one of those, and so, you know, if you're an avid podcast listener, um, we ask that you'd welcome Derek, be praying for him and his wife, um, just because, you know, they do serve here at Watson's, but um, they also live out in McMinn and are involved in their own kids' lives, but also, uh, like, once a week, all these kids from their neighborhood pouring in their house. And they have a Bible study. And so, you know, they're just, God um, is using them. And we love that because when God starts a work, when he starts work, he's going to finish that work. He's going to bring it, right? It's going to happen. Um, And so um, we're so excited that he's on here. And me and Derek are really good friends. We're good brothers in Christ. And uh, we talk weekly about scripture. And so this is just another conversation for me and Derek. But as Derek said, we've got a microphone and headphones. But. Excuse me, I do want you guys to just listen um, to Derek, because, I mean, Derek, here's the thing. People are going to be like, how, "How? why is he here? Like, how did he get to this point, Hunter? You've already given us, like, a teaser. Um, so, Derek, if you want to take just a few, however long, um, and, and just talk about your testimony, but talk about, like, to this point, like, how the Lord's changed your life.
1: Okay. Um. So, first of all, I just want to say, like, I was probably a lot like a lot of these listeners uh, grew up in church, grew up in the Bible Belt, um, always had a religious thing about me, right? And I mean, I I, I tell the youth this all the time, like, I, I've never not been in church. I've never not been involved. Um, but those were only outwardly things. Those were not spiritual things. Um, those are only things that I look to to feel better, that to feel right, just to feel right with God. Um, but as far as my testimony goes, it's very, I mean, it's simple to me now. Um, I I grew up in church. Um, thought I had it. Thought I got saved at a young age, um, but never really ch- it never really changed my life. The gospel never really had an effect on me. Um, all the way through my teenage years, through um, early ad- early in my marriage, um, the gospel was never a part of my life. Um, we went to church. Um, we 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 were here every time the doors were open, but. At home, it, it was nothing, you know, right? My, my my wife ended up getting saved a few years after we got married. And um, I, I would probably say that was the start of when really my life started to take a turn for the worst. And that, that sounds weird because it's like, you know, she, we were both lost, but now she's, she's born again, right? She's saved. But because she got saved, now she sees things differently. You know, whereas before, me and her were kind of eye to eye, you know, and just going to church was good enough. But now just going to church wasn't good enough for her um so she started really getting in the word really studying um and and like hunter said before um a lot of things in my life that that shouldn't have been there um i was lost i was in the world um but still just as a family man just shouldn't have been there right i mean i I was addicted to porn um I, i was i had lust issues i had just i was just prideful and selfish um kind of let her do most of the things that like I should have been doing as a man and as a father. Um, but after she got saved, it really just started to take a turn for the worst. Um, and due to my, my desires, my lust, my pride, it brought in all kinds of issues in my marriage. Um, and then eventually my life hit a point to where I was just... I didn't know what to do. Um, morality set in. I thought, you know, I, towards the few years into my marriage, it was like, okay, I need to start being better. I need to do this. I need to be a better husband because it's it's the right thing to do, right? But still, it wasn't good enough. It was still like something's missing. Something's off. And so, you know, to make a long story short, time rolls around. Um, I, I told my wife some things about my life that was really big. It was big news. Um, I won't share it on here, but... It was just, it was life-changing for her, for me. Um, but here's the the ultimate part about it. I was lost. Um, admitted some things, but ultimately, I was lost, right? Um, did some things in my marriage where she could have left me, right? She could have just left. And she would have had biblical grounds for that. But her being truly born again, she, she wanted it. She wanted to just please God. She wanted to mm-hmm. just, she was sold out for the Lord and I'm thankful for that um but so we wanted to talk to our pastor um your pastor just about things that were going on and just how he you know how he might can help or just cuz she was things that came out it sucked like it wasn't good but she was willing to just work with she was fine you know her her mindset was good um so we we came in one one sunday after church I think um I think it was a sunday I can't really remember but So we came in here in this very room when it was Pastor Jason's office Um, and we were just he was asking why we were here and um, man it just it just hit me just like you're lost. You know I mean you're just you're lost you don't know me. Mm. And man it broke me. I, I I was to a point where I knew my life there had to be something different but when I walked in this room it wasn't like I'd planned on getting saved it was just the right time, it was God-ordained that I was here at that moment. And you're, and um, our pastor, you know, one of the first things he asked me was, you know, what's going on? Like, And then I, I just shared with him my heart, just things that were going on. And, man, it was like he didn't hear nothing else except for I was lost. And I appreciate that so much because it was he was worried more about the condition of my heart mm-hmm. than it was the problems around me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we talked about that more, man, and then the spirit just filled this room. And I was convicted. I repented. Christ was, I asked Christ into my life to be a part of my life, to change my life. And and he did. And he radically changed my life. And I'm thankful for that. And moving forward now, and, and, you know, we started, I started out on the vans. Started out just, I just wanted to do something, you know, got into seventh and eighth grade. and, And now we're here in high school. Um, being the youth director so god's really moved in my life he's still moving in my life Um, still exposing me still calling me out still bringing me to repentance Um, and i'm thankful for that yeah Um, but yeah that's that's yeah story
0: and it's like you know Derek, and i wanted to kind of address this and put a little more emphasis like you know when you were talking about when you were saved and you were talking about the spirit filled the room you know that's a term that a lot of people use, but, like, I, I want to be specific because, you know, what what you're talking about, Derek, is, you know, it says the carnal mind can't understand the things of God. right? And, and so when John 6:44 says, no one can come in the Father except draw him. Yeah, 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 the Father who sent me draws him. So it's like the spirit through the Spirit of God, God drew you to himself. Right. But he drew you to the cross. He drew right. you to Jesus Christ. And that's where, for the first time, it, it, when you had faith in Christ, it wasn't just carnal Derek anymore. Right. It was, Lord, I repent. I give this all to you. Here's my, I, I believe in you. Um, like Pastor preached on, when the woman came, the uh, the um, yeah. Canaanite woman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She came and she was like, worship and fell down. He's like, I haven't seen faith like this. This is great faith, you know. Right. And there's the disciples like, Lord, shoo her off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the faith that you had, the faith that was given to you, um, the sovereignty of God um, and salvation that yep. took place that day has changed your life. Yep. And, and you know, when we talk about the spirit at work, guys, the spirit is what Derek was talking about. John three born yep. again. If you're in Christ, you're a new creature. And, yep. and I love, I love hearing Derek's testimony, not because of Derek, but you know, there's a part of me that relates to Derek because of similar addictions or similar issues. Um, but also, it's like, man, you know, here, here's a couple that showed up for counseling. And it it wasn't a marriage problem. It was a salvation problem. Exactly. But, like, God knew that. Yep. No one else did. And so, thank God, Derek. I mean, that's God's grace yep. toward, towards you and salvation. Yep. And, and so... We're so appreciative of Derek, and you know, not, I'm not gonna keep bragging on him, but uh, we, we just appreciate him and the sacrifice him and his wife make. Um, and, and you know, as much as they teach here, uh, they're good examples of teaching their kids at home, and so you know, there, there's another side to this as well that like parents, um, if you serve in a position or you don't serve in a position, like. Teach your kids at home. Like, it starts in the—would you say that's accurate, Derek? Like, it starts in the home. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you—like you, I said, you've brought kids into your home that don't really have home, don't have parents that teach them, and, like, the impact y'all have had on them, um, some for a little while, but some for a long while now, like, it's changed their lives, too. Right. And you could testify of the salvation Amen. that's happened yeah. in LeBron. Yeah. Um, so we just praise God and— uh, Let's get into this. Let's quit talking about Derek. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, let's uh, get into it. Yeah, Derek's not important. Um, so nobody. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so um, we're in Romans 12, and just to kind of catch our listeners up, but Derek, to give you a few details. Uh, so we've been talking about marks of a true Christian, and basically we started in Romans 12, and we started in verse nine. And we went through and identified the marks of a true Christian that Paul's given us. So basically, it's like characteristics that identify a Christian. Um, this isn't things that we should really be like, oh, I better go watch Johnny and make sure that, no, we need to search ourselves. And that's what me and Alan have really been hitting on. is like, examine yourself to see whether you be of the faith, because here's the reality. And uh, I get to preach on this a little bit tonight at another church, you know. If the John 15 says Christ in the, is the vine, and we are the branches, and he talks about there's branches that don't bear any fruit, they're cut off and they're burned, right? But then he talks about the branches that grow fruit, but yet um, the, the the vine dresser, God, right? He he prunes the vine so that way more fruit can be produced. So what we're talking about, Derek, is these characteristics in these marks. Is if someone says they're of Christ, then they should bear fruit in their life that's of Christ and. We've taught, what does that look like? Well, Jesus taught, said, I need to forgive others. Jesus said, I need to love my neighbor as myself. Jesus told me that if my right eye causes me to sin, pluck it out. You know, uh, Jesus said that if I commit lust in my heart, in my mind, it's it's adultery. You see, so we take the teachings of Jesus, but not just the teachings, but like the way he lived his life. And we want to bear fruit unto Christ. We want to bear fruit unto God. So, what is fruit? Well, it's living a holy life. Living out the characteristics and the scriptures that call us to holy living. I mean that that's I think that's simply put. Right. And so you could take the sermon on the mount. You know, um, we could go over Matthew six. I'm leading a Bible study with some young men in Maryville right now. But like we're talking about anxiety, well Jesus is like, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about food. Don't drink. He's like. I feed the birds, do you not think you're of more worth? I clothe the lilies, do you not think you're more valuable? And then he's like, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and I'll add all things. All things will be added unto you. So basically in that section, the Lord's like, don't worry about tomorrow. Do you remember that text that said, don't say, you know, when we go down to the market tomorrow, this and this and this, just say, uh, Lord willing. willing, Yeah, yeah. you see what I'm saying? So that just emphasizes more of like, okay, Jesus is like, don't worry about food, don't worry about clothes, don't worry about this. So it's like, what do we all worry about? Christ. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, his holiness, and he takes care of us as Father. And Paul said, I've abounded, I've been a base, but I've learned to be content. Why? Because Christ always provided for him. Even in jail, the Philippians, right, they, they would gather things together. They would take care of him. And he talked about how he appreciated them, taking care of him. God always took care of Paul. But here's the thing. As Father, He takes care of His children. So is that a mark in my life? Is that a fruit in my life that I'm focusing on the kingdom? Um, you know, when it said forgive your 70 times 7, forgiving those. Or here's another one. Do I turn the other cheek, right? Smack one side, we'll turn the other one. Do I go the extra mile? Do I give the cup of water? Do I give them my cloak? You see what I'm saying? Like, these teachings are from Jesus Christ, but they're not just te- That's how He was. He lived, he taught, he served. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve So it's like, do, does my life reflect that? Ultimately, does my life reflect the words of the living God? And if the words of the living God are saying, here are some marks, some characteristics. So Derek, for instance, verse 9, it says, love must be free of hypocrisy. It also says to test what is evil and cling to what's good. So like, does my life, is my life free of hypocrisy? That's a good one. You see what I'm saying? Like at work, ooh, at home, at my family, at church, am I the same person everywhere? Or is there some hypocrisy that needs to be called out? Romans 2 talks about being a hypocrite. Uh, detesting what's evil. Like going away from what's evil. Am I doing that or am I going towards it? Right. Um, not only leaving what's evil and detesting it, but look, cling to what's good. What is good? God's good. God's words. Good. Am I clinging to the things that are good by the biblical standard? Uh, Number 10, or verse 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. So outdoing each other, the King James says. Like, okay, Derek, am I devoted to brotherly love, to my brother and sisters in Christ? But here's the other thing. uh, Do I give preference to one another? Do I want to outdo, not in the sense of like it's a competition, but like I want to go that extra mile for my brothers. Like if they do something good for me, I'm like, I want to do something good for them. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, do I do that? Do I have that love in my life that I want to go the extra mile for my brother? Verse 11, not lagging in diligence. The King James, that Greek um, that Greek word for lagging or what? what's yours say, Derek? Slothful. Slothful. Uh, the Greek word definition says being tardy. So it's like, am I being tardy in my diligence, in my service, in my devotion? Am I being fervent in spirit? Am I on fire for right. the Lord? Am I over. Yes, yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's like, what does that look like? Because people are like, man, they're on fire right now. It's like one time, I heard a guy that it was like a preacher kind of scenario, and they're like, boy, he's on fire for God, you know, because of what he's doing. But it's like, it's not just that moment. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's a Thursday, lifestyle. Like, yes, it's the lifestyle. So it's like, am I boiling? Am I on fire for the Lord? Am I fervent in spirit? But look, but also in serving. Right. So it's like this podcast, tonight, Wednesday night, Monday night, the the youth revival we have, like the community dinner, putting food in the place, like am I being diligent in my service, in my devotion? Like is that a, in my life? Okay. But now we get to where we're going to start today. Number 12, look here. Rejoicing in hope. I like that. Persevering in tribulation, devoted in prayer. So... Derek, I'm going to get my phone out because I want to pull some Greek up for us. Um, Probably wrote it down. Which one you need? What, what you got? Tell me what you got while I'm pulling this up. For what? Rejoicing? Yeah, you got that. To be cheerful. Yes. Calmly
1: happy or well off.
0: I like that. Okay, so Derek, let me ask you a question. Now, look at the biblical and the definition, but like in your life, but like as an answer, like Derek, what would rejoicing and hope look like in your life right now?
1: Just rejoicing in the fact that I know that I'm God's child, that one day the hope that I have in Christ is going to be reality. It's going to be true. Um, the things that are here on earth are not going to matter. Yeah. Um, it's going to be it's going to be me with Him and me honoring and praising Him um, for the life that He gave me, um, not just a physical life but a spiritual life. Um, because before I was dead in my sins. And, um, so just to be, to just rejoice in the hope, um, I just, I just rejoice in the fact that that hope's going to one day come real.
0: I like that because, you know, this talks about the expectation or confidence, like the Greek word for hope. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I meant to say that, but like, look, look, listen to this, Derek, part of this, um, and, it, and it's, L- I, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Greek word, but listen to this, um, Actually, I'm gonna take a shot. You ready? All I'm right. gonna say it it's L Not P no, not even gonna try it, Derek. Let's just stop. <laughs> okay. But listen to this definition, okay? Expectation of good. In the Christian sense, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. On hope, in hope, having hope, the author of hope, for he is its foundation, the thing hoped for. I like that it says the joy and confident expectation of eternal salvation so there when i look at my life it's like rejoicing right giving thanks and being cheerful it, it, it's like think about this Derek. like have you ever been excited for something oh yeah like i mean think about like a sport or like um like on a roller coaster you know like just a moment where you're just like yeah like you're just fired up about something and now it's like, okay, rejoicing, being cheerful, being, you know, that fired up, being excited, but, like, in hope. Right. And I love that because it says joyful, confident expectation. But, Derek, listen to what Romans five two says. Through him we have also obtained access by faith, believing, into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So it's like, in my life, Derek, through him, Christ, I've obtained access By my faith, my belief, right, the salvation, into this grace in which I stand forgiveness. But not just forgiveness in favor of God. Look here. And I rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So it's like one of these days, Derek, I rejoice at the fact that the salvation I have, the faith that I have, right? The Holy Spirit is within me, and the Bible says it's the down payment of the good things to come, right? So it's like one of these days, the old expression, my faith will become my eyes. I know that I'm going to die, or I'll be raptured. And I will enter into the presence of God because Corinthians says to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. So I rejoice in that hope of entering into the glory of God for eternity. Right. That's a combination of all those things. And see, here's the thing. like I rejoice in the hope I have now. I'm forgiven of all of my sins. I'm covered by the blood. I'm sealed until the day of redemption. I have confidence. I have assurance that the work is done, Derek. Christ has saved me. I'm saved through the cross. I'm saved through the death, burial, and resurrection. I'm saved through Jesus Christ because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And because I'm saved, I stand confident and firm in the fact that my hope, all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God, right? You see what I'm saying? So the hope I have is present now. Because I see the salvation, I see the presence of God and the work of God in my life. I know I'm forgiven of past, present, and future sins. I'm covered by the perfected blood of Christ shed on the cross. But listen, my debt's canceled. It's been pinned to the cross, that text. Boy, I can't get over that Colossians text. But listen, so I have that now. I rejoice in that hope. But guess what? One of these days, Derek, when I enter into the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Lord... I'm going to rejoice because why? My hope has been completed. Right, It's become my eyes. So it's like when we talk about marks of a true Christian, Derek, there should be a part of a Christian that rejoices in the hope of eternal salvation that they have in Jesus Christ currently. Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely. So it's like, Derek, Let me ask. You, let me ask you this. Are there days where you just can't help but rejoice in the eternal hope that you have in Christ Jesus? I would hope that's in everybody every Christian's life. Okay. Are you thankful? Absolutely. I, I mean like can you can't get over it. No. See what I'm saying? Like that should be evident. I could bring ten men in here and women. Ten men and ten women that I know are born again and they all would talk about they rejoice in that hope. Right. Now we're not the standard, but this is what I'm saying. The Bible says rejoicing in hope. Right. That's big. You got any other notes or thoughts on that, Derek? That Um just the
1: just the fact that he says, "Rejoice in hope, and not rejoice in anything else." You know what I mean? It's like I could rejoice over my accomplishments, or, or just all the thing. I mean, being all these other things that he's mentioned, right? I mean, um, not having hypocrisy in my life, I could, re- I could rejoice in that. Um, being kind and affectionate towards brotherly love, not slo. I, I could rejoice in a lot of those things that he that he calls us to do. But I have to. He tells us to rejoice in hope. That's in Him. And that's what I love about this passage is, is we can do those things, but those things are for Him. Yeah. Not for, I mean, those things are for Him. And so when He says rejoice and hope, that's for Him.
0: Yeah. That's not for me. Yeah. That's I don't, for him. I don't rejoice and hope. Oh, yes, I made a great decision. Right. It's all about me and my free will and my, like, that's not it. Right. It's because of what He's done. Yeah. And because of exactly. what He
1: allows us to do through Him, through yeah. the Spirit. I mean, like you said, being fervent in spirit because of what he allows me to do through his spirit because if it wasn't for his spirit i could do nothing yeah nothing that matters i couldn't do anything here that he mentions in verses nine through 12 i couldn't do none of that so just the fact that he makes it a point to say rejoicing and hope yeah is just i love that part
0: and it's like even like you know i think about the term of like you know i said oh i made this great decision and it's like people that might sit and be like man That's the best decision I ever made. Or, like, man, I'm so glad I gave my life to Christ. Like, I understand what they're saying, but, like, no, I did nothing. Nothing. Here's what I rejoice in. Thank God that through his divine grace he saved me. Right. Right. He saved me. He drew me to Christ. He drew me to the cross. I saw my lostness, uh, uh, you know, separation from God, right? We There was a rec- need of reconciliation. I saw the brokenness of sin in my life. And through repentance, but also through the power of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of God, and through the saving power of God, He saved me. Right. So it's not like I had anything to do. So therefore, it just what you're saying is reiterate, we rejoice in that hope. We don't rejoice in ourselves. We rejoice in the hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. Right. And that's awesome. Let's just leave it there. Yeah. What if we everyone just left that there? Like, let's not say, well, and this, or, well, listen to my interpretation. Like, just stop. Rejoice in hope. Right. Rejoice in Christ and what he's done, not what we've done. I love that. All right. Look here. So rejoice in hope. I went to the wrong verse. Rejoicing in hope. Man, it's going to say it again here in a little bit. Look here. Persevering in tribulation. You got definitions for that, or do I need to pull them up?
1: Um, KJV says patient in tribulation, but patient is to stay under or behind, remain.
0: Remain, I like that. Uh,
1: To go under, bear trials, have fortitude, persevere, abide, endure,
0: to take patiently or suffer. See, what I like, Derek, is, yeah, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. A lot of people will be like, well, the NASB says, uh... Persevering in tribulation that like can't be right, but like persevering and patient it means the same thing right. to remain. I like that too. Right. Okay. But do you have one for tribulation? Yeah. Uh,
1: Go pressure. ahead. Um anguish, burdened, uh persecution, tribulation, like or trouble.
0: I like that. So when it talks about this persevering in tribulation, I'm actually i'm gonna i'm gonna slide over to the book of Hebrews just real fast. Hurry. Awkward silence. I like it. Okay, so listen to this. In Hebrews chapter 10, he is talking to Jews. And um, when you look at this, listen to what he says to this group of people. He says, but recall the former days, when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggling struggle with sufferings. So like in this idea, this Hebrews text, is the writer is trying to communicate to these people, um, hey, remember the former days. Remember this, remember that, because a lot of, the biggest issue, Derek, is that a lot of Jews were, tr- people were trying to convince them to go back to Judaism. Um, not just that, you can go over in Acts 15, and some of the Jews were like, you can be saved in Christ, but you also have to be circumcised. Right. So, for instance, like, that's a text, or like, 36, look here, for you have, you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Um, and that's the only reference text I have. Uh, but what I like is this idea, Derek, of remaining in tribulation, and I'm going back to Romans 12. You know what's funny? Technology is the quickest to like get to Bible verses, but when your finger's too big for what you're trying to push, and you keep pushing the same thing like over and over, and you're like, "Oh, why is this phone not working?" A lot of times, it's not the phone; it's you just not <laughs> pushing in the right spot. So. That's me. Okay, I want to pull this up, too. I want to look at this. Look here. Okay, so you said pressure, anguish, burden, persecution, tribulation, trouble. Okay, let's go down here. I want to read another one. Uh, Metaphorically, oppression, affliction, distress, and straits. So it's like, Derek, when we look at the Christian life, and it talks about being patient or persevering, like continuing, or remain in tribulation, um, Derek, in your life, have you ever went through anguish, have you ever been burdened or persecuted or been oppressed? Have you Has that ever happened to sure. you? Okay, so let me ask you a question. So when we look at this persevering or patience or remaining, and we're both going to answer this, uh, what would that look like? Like think of one example that you can think of in your mind of like an affliction or something that's come upon you, uh, whether it's someone else or something that's come in on your family or something like that. Like what would that look like for you to be patient, remain, or persevere in that tribulation to continue in it i think
1: um just being active just just realizing that i mean when i think about patience first i think about just kind of like just chilling out you know what i mean but that's not what that's not what this is he's talking about being active like being pursuing christ in the middle of tribulation in the middle of trouble in the middle of anguish um so just for the the examples in my life it's like anytime troubles came whether it's Money, whether it's people, whether it's—I mean, just anything that comes our way that maybe seems like it's tribulation or seems like it's trouble—it's just for me being active in pursuing Christ in the middle of those things, yeah, and not just sitting still, waiting on it to be over. Um, just making sure that I'm praying, that I'm serving, that I'm—I'm I'm living out you know, the, the gospel in my life in the middle of those things.
0: Yeah. And I think what you said, like, the active in Christ, um, that's what I was going to really say, Derek, is like, in my life, I can look at, you know, pers- I've never been beat up. I've never, you know, yeah. I've had people come against me with words. Um, but I can think of hardships. I can think of different things. But it's like in those moments, Derek, I think what you said, being active in Christ, it's like, My pursuit of Christ increased, which a lot of people, you know, anytime hard times come, everybody wants God. But it's like I try to pursue God when things are good and bad. I want it to be the same. But in certain circumstances, like I can remember a time where I really started pursuing biblical doctrine. And I had a group of friends that, you know, I was with and I was hanging out with and I started voicing my opinion Uh, biblically about like I don't agree with that like I I don't think that's right I don't think that's of yod I think that's sinful the Bible actually is against what you're doing and like the more I pursued truth and started calling out falsehood and, and not you know wanting to partake in sinful or worldly things like I became the black sheep but I also got attacked verbally And, like, people were coming against me, and it was hard, but, like, there was a peace about it because I knew God was with with me, and I knew what I was pursuing was truth because it's from His Word. So, it's like in that time, like, I had to be patient. You know, the Lord endured me. He helped me persevere, but it's like I remained constant in Christ. And, like, have I ever been, have I been perfect in that? no. I mean, like, are there times where I'm like, "Woe is me," you know? Yeah, but like, God calls me to the table because it's like, in those times, you pursue because there it would have it would have been easy. I mean, stop pursuing, stop. But I couldn't right. because the spirit of God in me wanted me to learn doctrine, but God wanted me to see that where I was in life was not doctrinal or biblical, and that there was very. Uh, liberal and and loosely interpreted scriptures that people were taking out of context to support their opinion of their lifestyle, and I had to get out of that. And God brought me out of that, and then he brought me into a friend group that is biblical and wants the truth, even if it hurts. And it's like, so I think about that specific time in my life where I see a mark of Christianity, but I see a mark of Christ, uh, a characteristic of Christ, um, not that I've done it, because... Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, right? So Christ in me, bearing fruit of Christ in me, uh, he helped me persevere. He helped you persevere. He helped you remain. He helped me remain. But it's like remain faithful. right? And not only was are you patient, but like while that's going on or while you're waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel, you're patient in Christ. Like you're not just waiting. You're patient in Christ, you're patient in that tribulation because you also know, Peter says, that faith tried by fire, right, produces gold. Like, it produces growth. Right. And as a Christian, it's like, I don't go looking around wanting that. But, like, what I know is through the hardest afflictions in my life, the hardest challenges or the hardest uh, tribulations, God has grown me significantly because my dependency was way more on Him. And I needed to be patient and steadfast and Persevering him. You got anything else on that? Okay, sweet. Um, let's go to this last part. Devoted to prayer. I like that. Devoted to prayer. So I've got a reference text Derek, All right. to Acts chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 14. Here we go. Look here. Oh, and I love this story. Look here. All these with one accord were devoted themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So like, okay, let me let me fill in our listeners. So Jesus has ascended into heaven to the right hand of God. And basically, they've been given instructions to wait. You know, re- they're going to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit that we see in John 14, John 15, John 16, you know, the Holy Spirit's talked about all throughout the gospels. And so, he ascends, and an angel appears after he ascends, and he's like, why are you, what are you doing? You know, he basically says, "What are you standing looking into heaven? Jesus, who went up in this, is going to come back in the same manner. So, they return to the upper room. They were instructed to wait, to be patient. Hey, patient, right? Okay. But they're being patient, and what I love is, in verse 12, it says, they return to Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, Which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, John, and James, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew. All right, we're here. Technical difficulties. Okay, so we're in verse 13. um, And when they had entered, they went up in the upper room where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. Okay, look here. So, they go to the upper room. All these with one accord were drove, devoting themselves to prayer. So, it's like, what I love, Derek, it's like, they're going to the upper room to wait. But, like, the thing that they came to is like, we need to pray. they are active. Yeah, we need to pray. We need to do something. So, they get all the women. They even get Jesus' mom, Mary. And they're all in this upper room in a time of prayer. And look, you know, then they stand up. They cast lots. Um... Yeah, 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 yeah. They they cast lots, which, is that an apostle or not? We can talk about that another time. Okay, but Peter's speaking to them. They cast lots, and then all of a sudden, um, Pentecost came in chapter 2, and we know what happened. sounds like a mighty rushing wind. The Holy Spirit filled them. Peter preaches, and 3,000-plus souls were saved that day, and the church was established. The New Testament church, through the power of salvation, through the power of God, boom, people are saved. And it's miraculous and it's amazing and it's awesome. And we still see p- people saved today. They repent, they believe their faith in Christ, um, they're saved instantly. I mean, Jesus said, you know, for God to so love the world, you know, he gave his own God something. Whoever would believe that's it right there believe faith in him. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, next thing you know, because people are saved, they're, bapti- they're baptizing people left and right because uh, the, that's an ordinance. We're supposed to do that in remembrance of the Lord. He told us to do that, not for salvation, but as a representation of what's taking place spiritually right. inside of our hearts. And here's the cool thing. Before all that happened, they're praying. And I love that because like they could have just been like sitting around, you know, well, you know, what are we gonna do now? You know, or well, let's go out and, you know, kick a ball around or right. you know, what you been up to today, Peter. You know what I'm saying? Um or hey, let's quit. Let's all quit.
1: Taking too long.
0: But like no, they just pray and they're patient. And I love that that's a reference text. You know, another text that came to my mind. Pray without ceasing, don't stop. Our constant think about prayer, Derek. As a lot of people, it's like they make prayer like this artificial, superficial thing of like, you got to get down in this position, you have to do it like this. And here's what I love about prayer do you know what it is? Communication with God. Right. So it's like they're in a spot where they're waiting for the promise, and what do they do? They communicate to God. So it's like, in my life, here's the question, listeners, for me and Derek, but for you all. How much communicating with God are you doing on a daily basis? Because this is what I know, and this is the old analogy that's been used through any church, any denomination, I'm sure. How often do you communicate with your wife? People be like, Well, good, yeah, bro. Okay, what if you didn't communicate with your wife or your husband? Would you have a good relationship? No. So then the question goes, okay, so that's if you, my
1: wife, I've done it before.
0: Yeah, so like if you don't communicate with your wife, it's not gonna be great. Right. But like, what about God? What about the father? What about the one who uh, created all things. What about the one who draws us to himself? You see what I'm saying? Right. We're called right here, look, devoted to prayer, devoted to communication. Right. I mean Jesus they ask, Jesus is like, Lord, what do we do? How do we pray? Teach us how to pray, John. John's and he's like, All right, when you pray, you know, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, and I, you go down through there. My favorite when he says, "Lead us not to temptation," not saying God leads us into temptation, but they're like, "Don't you, help us, lead right. us not, lead us away from it." But like he's teaching them, like to communicate with God, give us this day our daily bread, lead us not into temptation, be with us, help us, you know, all these things. And I love it because in that prayer, it's a model, but it teaches us. Dependency on wealth. Dependency on food. Dependence on spiritual growth. Dependence on the will of God in our lives. Dependence on helping us not fall into temptation. You see what I'm saying? You take that and you look at those things and it's like, that's it. And it's like, devotion to prayer. uh, You know, Derek, I don't know if there's anyone on earth that's like, I'm 100% devoted. I'm the best. If they said that, I'd be like, ah, do you really have to say that? Because here's what I know. The Lord talked about the getting away, the prayer closet. Right. The text, right? You know what I'm talking about. Yep. So it's like not only have do I am I called to be devoted in prayer, in my prayer life and my communication with God, but like there's something special, Derek, about one on one time. Because let me ask you this, Derek. I mean in worship, like through the the sing the singing of hymns and psalms, of songs about just complete doctrine. Um sitting under biblical preaching that's just amazing, that's affecting your life, but also like Bible studies that challenge you and grow you, like you feel close to God in those moments. I mean, when you're under the word, it's like, Man, this is the word of God. This isn't the preacher, this word of God. But like, is the closest not the times where you're just by yourself Mm, and you're on your face before a living God? Begging and pleading, and maybe you're interceding for others. Maybe you're trying to pray on someone's behalf. Maybe you're repenting and confessing sins, as First John one and nine says that we can confess sins to God. We acknowledge our sins to God. Um, maybe it's uh, something that's going on in life. Maybe it's anxiety or a worry. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's you. See what I'm saying? But like, those are the times where you're just openly communicating with God, and no one's around. And some people might be like. You're making that sound like it's some supernatural moment. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm one-on-one with Abba, with Father. Right. And not only is it devoted to prayer, but, it, like, literally it's devoted to my communication with God. Right. Derek, how important is that in a Christian's life? It's crucial.
1: I mean, it's crucial. Like you said, I mean, I, I've i had, force, before salvation, didn't communicate with my spouse. It was terrible. Right. And so... Not communicating with God, not communicating with the One who brought you out of sin, is. Cru- I mean, it's 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 crucial that we do that. Um, you know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Like we're, it's a state that I'm in constantly to just pray about everything in my life because I'm completely dependent upon Him. So through my prayer life, it leads to. My actions through my prayer life it, it leads to my thoughts. I mean, I, I notice times when I'm not prayed up, I notice it and I realize it. Um, so to just stay constant in prayer, yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's crucial to your relationship with Christ, um, to your relationship with others. I mean, there there are times when when I'm just I'm just not in a good mood, right? And, and it's for no reason. It's nobody's fault. Um, but if I don't pray through that and I don't get through that, I may affect my kids. Yeah, I may affect my wife and. It's just, it's so important that we just continue in prayer, um, pray without ceasing.
0: I mean, and like, how many times has something happened or come up or maybe you get angry or, you know, maybe there's a situation and it's like, you just find yourself stopping and praying. Um, maybe I'll work. I've been in that scenario where yep. it's like you find a place and you get out and you're like, Lord, I, I'm here, but I need to call on your name right now. I need help. Uh, but like, also like, and, and here, I mean, here's a question, Derek, like, like in your marriage, how many times have you been frustrated or angry, and like you find yourself like, all right, Lord, I need your help. I need the power pa- I-, I need the help of the Holy Spirit in my in my heart and my in my mind. I I need your word right now in my heart and my mind. And you know, it's like for me in those times where I'm frustrated, I find myself quoting, um, "Do not be harsh with your wife." And I'm right. paraphrasing that text that talks about the husband shouldn't be harsh with his wife. And it's like, you know, the Bible says, uh, hide your word in my heart that I wouldn't sin against God. Like, that, that's in me. So how many times, Derek, have you? Like, you've got to pull yourself aside and be like, Lord, I'm frustrated right now. My mind's not clear, but I need help from your spirit. I need help from your word, and I need you to, like, really guide me in this. Yeah,
1: plenty of times.
0: And then you find you go back to your life, and you're not mad anymore. You're actually apologizing, maybe, right. or you're like, you know what, you're right, or you know, you're like, well, I, I have a new idea or something different we should take on this biblically, and it's like, the Bible says that the Spirit he helps us in our weaknesses and our firm infirmities. Right. I mean, even when we don't know what to pray, right? That the, the longing, the urging inside, he knows our heart, right? And you know, I love it because I think it's in. 1 Corinthians 2, it talks about, you know, who knows a man better than the spirit of that man? It talks about the spirit of God knows the deep things of God. But it's like in that picture, it's like, let me go to it because I, I do not want to misrepresent this. Look at this. the Wisdom from the spirit. Man, this is one of my favorite sections of scripture. Okay, look. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him? So also knowing... No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. But look what he says: "Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God." Peter says, or Paul says, "We impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual." The natural person does not accept the things of God, the, of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. This is talking about the Spirit's work in wisdom and in knowledge and in our hearts. So look, the spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So it's like in this text, Derek, look, he says in verse 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And he says... For who knows a man's thoughts except the spirit? So it's like Derek, the Holy Spirit of God lives within me. And that's all throughout the Bible. Me and my father make our boat on the inside. First Corinthians six says that we're the temple of the living God. Romans eight talks about that the only people that have life are the people that live in the Spirit, and the Spirit lives in them. That's the only way. Uh, the carnal minds against God. Those who are in the flesh are against I mean, here, let me let me read this too. Let's just throw this out here. Look here. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So it's like in you. like So the reason I put a lot of emphasis on that is because in my prayer life, like the Holy Spirit lives within me and he knows me. Right. He knows my heart. He knows my minds. He knows my secrets. And here's the thing. The, it's the Holy Spirit of God. So it's God who lives in me through the power of the Holy Spirit. He knows my thoughts. He know, He knew everything before. Man, he knows me. He created me. Right. But what I'm getting at is like in my prayer life, like when I go to him and my heart's burden for somebody or my heart's burden for family or people who are lost or misled or maybe it's for, you know, me and my wife trying to buy a house. You see what I'm saying? Like he knows my heart. He actually knows what I need before I ask it. Right. He knows what's coming out of my mouth before I say it. So the fact that like it says to be devoted in prayer, being devoted to communication with God, that's so important. That's so important to a Christian, and I love that. That's a mark of true Christianity because if you're a true born again through the Holy Spirit, uh, regenerated believer, you understand why prayer is so important. Right. You know, that's like in the the story of Acts when Peter and John are in jail, and the church hears about it, and they're like, "What do we do? Let's pray." And they start praying, and all of a sudden, they come to the door. Peter, they hear a knock on the door, and they're like, who is that? And they open it, and they're like, oh, it's Peter and John. We've been praying for you. You see what I'm saying? Right. They were devoted in that moment to prayer. That's all they knew. That's all we should know as Christians. Yeah. We need to communicate with God. Um, any closing thoughts um, just with that?
1: That, I think about my prayer life, too, and just you were talking about the Spirit. Um, I mean, probably you, too. How many times have you been praying, and you just be just talking to the Lord in the Spirit, and and it's He reveals something to you, right? Maybe it's sin, or maybe it's a person, yeah. or maybe it's a burden. I mean, a Bible verse, right? But through prayer, right? I mean, if we're not communicating, if we're not um, communicating with God through prayer, then we're just pretty much like saying, "God, I don't need you." You know, I don't really need yeah. to talk to you. Um, so I just we have to use utilize that. Yeah,
0: and we need we need to. Sp- The Holy Spirit of God, Derek, because if we try to approach the scriptures or our our Christian walk with just knowledge or, uh, you know, our own wisdom, we're going to miss it by a mile. We're actually never going to reach it because it has to be led of the Holy Spirit of God. And I love that the Spirit's at work in my life. I love God. I love God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful for the promise that Jesus gave about uh, the promise of the Spirit, the Comforter, right? The Teacher the one who reproves the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Uh, the one who makes all things illuminate in the word. The one who enlightens my life. The one who guides my life. The one who helps me in my prayer. You see what I'm saying? Like He, the Holy Spirit, does that work. The God does that work. And and I'm so thankful for that because, like you just said, it's like there's been times where it's like I'm in prayer and I'm Lord, Lord help me, search me. Or I remember one time, Derek. You know, this is. I remember one time I was praying because I was struggling. I was struggling in my life, and I was like, "Lord, why? Why am I so hung up on this? Why can I not mature in this area?" And so vividly, Derek, so r- just real, like somebody was in the car. Uh, the Psalm when when David, and I, I want to pull this up. I want to pull this up. I love that I have my computer right here because I can get on Google. And I can type in half the Bible verse, and it's like, boom! Pulls it up. Well, that's a cool thing. It's like, you know, people are like, you know, what was I going to say? Like, there are some people that, like, man, they, they just know it. They'll quote the whole chapter to you if you want them to. Right. But, see, I'm one of those guys that, like, I, I know some, but, like, um, I need to get on Google sometimes. And like, you know what I'm saying? Okay, listen to this. Psalm 66, 18. Let me get to the, to the right here King James Bible. If I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like you're like, Hunter, what do you what do you mean? What are you saying? Here's the thing. I was asking God, like, "Lord, why can I not grow in this area? Why can I not let this go? Why can I not grow? Why can I not?" And it's simple. Regarding iniquity in my heart, Derek It was at the point in my life where it's like I would have had the lip service, but it's like I fully wasn't wanting to submit myself. Right. And that's the thing, guys, whether it's lust or, you know, maybe an addiction or talking bad about people or uh, maybe something in your life that, like, you really need God to prune so you can bear more fruit. That's what it came down to, Derek, is I needed to surrender completely and remove those things that easily beset me, you know, Hebrews talks about, uh, be willing to die more in my life. You know what I'm saying? Have that accountability, have those things. And when that hit me, I never forgot that because from there I was like, that's it. I need to not regard iniquity in my heart. And I started pursuing the Lord more in that area and surrendering. and boy, it brought freedom in my life. Um, and and I love that. I love that. You know what I'm saying? But it's like that prayer time was a lot. I mean, how many times have you gotten your prayer time, and you, you take your Bible with you, and you're like, Lord, this is what I'm dealing with, or Lord, this is where I'm at, and your word says this, or how many times have you been reading the Bible, and you're, you're reading a text, and you're like, man, I can't write my man, and you stop, and you just take it, and you're like, Lord, teach me this, help me, and then like, whether it's the next hour, the next day, the next, boom, you're like, he teaches you right. through the Spirit, and you're like, I, I get it, Lord, I see it now, I see the context. Praise God for that. Right. But we've got to be devoted in prayer. Right. We've got to communicate with the living God, and we need to do it more and more and more and more and more. So, Derek, um, to wrap up, you got anything else, man? Just I'm just thankful. I like that. to like be here. that.
1: Thankful to be part of this body.
0: Well, we're glad that you came and filled in. Um, listeners, you'll hear from Derek again, hopefully sooner than later. Um, we're definitely going to keep him in the rotation of being in here. Um, but guys, um, I hope today you have been encouraged as much as I have. Um, but not only that reflect, search yourself, examine yourself, see whether you'd be the faith, but ask God, Lord, search me, search me. That's a hard prayer, Mm -hmm. but we should be willing to get to that point because if someone's going to grow us and reprove us and bring things to surface, it's going to have to be God. I'm not divine Derek. I, I'm actually still in flesh, Derek. I'm not perfect. I'm flawed. But he's not. Right. And the only thing that I can boast about is what Paul said. If there's anything worth boasting, it's boasting in the Lord. I boast in the salvation I have in Jesus Christ. But this is what I know. He saved me. He keeps me. I'm eternally secured in him. And this is what I love. When he starts a work, he finishes it. And this is what I know. Sanctification is the Lord. The process of dying more to sin and becoming more righteous or living more in righteousness. Holiness, right? He does that work too. That's awesome right there. So, guys, uh, we love you. Uh, Derek, thanks again for joining us. I appreciate you having me. All right, guys. We love you guys. We're praying for you. And we will see you guys next week. Peace out.